Hey everybody, welcome to my podcast, Beyond the Dog with Lynn Bokey. Yep, that's me. I hope this finds you well and that you've had a great week. You know, I think I'm going to get right to it because this is an important subject to me and it should be to you too, but I want to give you a little preface before you hear what I have to say in this episode. I have fought with myself over this episode all day and last night. Should I put it out? Should I re-record it? Can people handle what I have to say? Does it matter if they can handle what I have to say or not? Do they need to hear it? Should they hear it even if they don't want to hear it? Will I push people away from me and what I have to offer with this episode? Will I be banished? Do I want to be banished? Is what I'm saying too intense? Maybe it should be more intense. Maybe I don't say enough. I don't know. And I don't know if it is right or wrong, but I've been silent for a very long time. And I can't be any longer. I've listened to so many people with so many different ways to go about things, be it in business or in life in general. But I guess I just did nothing at all for a long time. Well, I gotta be me now. All the advice I received over these years, you know, while I've been silent, they've not been disregarded. I'm very thankful for each and every one who provided me with their wisdom. They've all been taken into account, and I believe I've, it's helped me put the appropriate brown. I believe it's helped me put the appropriate boundaries onto my approach. But I just can't hold back any longer. So, in what you're going to hear me talk about and the way I talk about it comes from a very thick, passionate place inside of me that may feel a bit intense. Well, that's because I am an intense person. But if you only listen to my intensity, you will miss all my sensitivity. I believe that I have taken the appropriate amount of time to make my decisions right or wrong, good or bad, or anywhere in between, but I make them. And I'm just getting started, so buckle up and enjoy the ride, even if it's just a wait for the train to wreck so you can watch. You know, my mentor, Cesar Milan, um, told me more than once, Ian, you have to sell what the peoples wants to buy. And... He'll tell you if you ask him about me. Lynn is amazing with dogs. People, not so much. And those are both true-ish. Caesar's incredibly successful in business, and I'm absolutely not. His business requires him to be and treat people in a certain way, and he, he doesn't want anybody to feel like they're wrong when he educates them. And I think that these are things that are part of what makes Caesar so great. People love and follow him for that. Me? I don't care about business. I never cared about how people would think about me either, at least not before I started listening to so many people about how you're supposed to behave in order to have a successful business. It's just not me, though. I am not controlled by what people think of me. I only care about dogs, how they're understood and communicated with, specifically so that they can be heard and respected when they communicate back with us. People don't listen to dogs enough. And I don't care if people don't like me. They don't like how I tell the truth. If people are uncomfortable with hearing the truth, then they can go and ask somebody else. You don't have, have to or need my permission to do that. 
just go if you feel like you need to go. I've been communicating back and forth with this guy from the East Coast. Excuse me, i got to fix this uh, microphone. Oh, gosh. It's going to fall. Ah, sorry. Uh, well, here we go. It's sliding down. <laughs> anyway, I've been communicating with this trader from the East Coast, and I hope to meet him one day, but our first introduction wasn't for pleasant reasons. And, uh, you know, but he's an extremely honorable man. Honor and loyalty are so important to me that it didn't matter that we initially engaged one another for negative reasons. We had a common ground and continued to talk. He said to me, Hey, my dad told me when I was a kid, decide what you think is right and fight everyone in the world for it, even me. Man, I wish I had a dad like that when I was growing up. Today I'm going to live a little vicariously through this guy's dad uh, on this episode. Eventually I will meet this guy in person on, on different terms and, and we'll get along just fine because I respect him and one day we will shake hands. But because I've been silent for so long and I'm full of passion, as I talk to you, you will hear <laughs> I don't even finish sentences sometimes and sometimes I don't even finish whole words. You know, I want to be clear uh, that I am only speaking about a small portion of the dog training industry. A small portion that is having an incredible, uh, you know, just an incredibly large impact in a negative way, okay? I think it's important for you to hear me for who I am. And if you can hear what I am saying, then we can all get along and work well together. So I'm going to own that shit, as someone close to me said this morning. So here we go. All right, let me, let me just get you the email details first, and we'll get cracking. Cool? Please let me know what you think. Let me know how you feel by sending me an email to askbeyondthedog at gmail.com. Again, that's askbeyondthedog at gmail.com. I hope you enjoy what you're about to hear. All right? I'm going to talk about three educators in the dog training industry that you should be looking at and why there are others that shouldn't be in the position of educating people at all. I'll be referring to things that I've already told you, but just in case you haven't heard those episodes, I'll tell you which episode you can find whatever I'm referring to in so you can catch up if you want. I hope that I don't confuse you by this. I just think it's a better way to save time and not repeat myself so much for those people who've already listened to these episodes. Is that cool? Great. All right, well, last episode, episode 10, I talked about the emperor's new clothes. Now, this is the story of a king that fell prey to three con men who sold him clothes that weren't actually clothes. The king was told that if anyone couldn't see these clothes, they weren't worthy and that they must be stupid. Well, the king couldn't even see these clothes, and for fear of being thought of as a, an unworthy and stupid individual, he fell deeply in love with his new clothes that no one else could see or would even admit they couldn't see. Everyone lived in this denial and went along with the uncomfortable charade out of fear that they might be perceived as unworthy and stupid too. Now, the emperors that I'm talking about right now are all the dog trainers out there who are teaching people how to be dog trainers. We've all been in denial on this topic for years now, and it's important to understand that delay is the deadliest form of denial. I, for one, have delayed far too long my responsibilities as an educator. 
Nowadays, everyone has or wants to have a shadow program or do seminars and workshops. For anyone that doesn't understand what a shadow program is, it's uh, when a dog trainer decides to sell what they know and how they do what they know by offering others a chance to follow them around for three to five days while they work with dogs and clients and do things in and around the business so their style and business can be duplicated. Having a shadow program seems to have the meaning that you've arrived, that you're somebody that is or should be respected. Unfortunately, the majority of these people lack the skill and experience to be teaching anyone other than dog owners how to work with their dogs. And sometimes they lack the skill to even do that. And this has been producing a great number of people who aren't even ready to be working with clients and their dogs, who after a very few short years end up offering shadow programs and workshops themselves. A shadow program in this fashion kind of ends up like the top hat to their new invisible wardrobe. This really disappoints me and I'm ashamed and full of regret. I'm ashamed and regretful because I created the very first shadow program. Something I used to be so very proud of and, and even though people didn't know that it was me that did that, I was still proud of it. The difference with my shadow program and these others is that mine was 30 days straight and each day was sometimes 15 hours long with homework that they had to do every night. All of my students left with a skill that they could continue to hone over the course of their career. Unfortunately, a few of my students believed that this was a great way to be someone and a passive way to increase their income. So rather than taking the years necessary to become someone who should be teaching, they headed out there unable to see that they were completely naked and decided to sell new clothes themselves. Now armed with a, a new and colorful vocabulary, some techniques that no one had seen before, other trainers started to validate these people as emperors. With this new title, they, they would continue to sell these new clothes to other people who became trainers who also eventually end up selling new clothes and on and on and on the blue light special goes. Now, if something isn't done soon, every single dog trainer in the future will be naked. Now, this doesn't work for me. You know why? Because no matter how great it is to see the industry grow, and no matter how many become an emperor, and no matter how good or bad these emperors make themselves look while they're naked, it's our dogs that suffer. Now, I'm very afraid for future dogs. So I'm gonna tell you what I feel my responsibility is and what I'm gonna do with that responsibility. In episode eight, I, I told you about the years of depression that I have been going through and that how caught up in in anger and hurt about my intellectual property that had been stolen and then chopped up and sold in a garage sale or flea, flea market fashion, I now see how very selfish I had been that entire time. Because while I was so angry that people were teaching my curriculum or, or teaching at all when they have no ability to do so, I didn't look at the true damage they were causing. I was only focused on how I was affected. I sat down with Ian Grant, you know, in episode 10, uh, who had I just spent five days consulting him and his staff. And during that five days that I helped Ian, there were times that I was consumed with dread. Ian, who is this incredibly dedicated dog trainer who is always wanting to improve and an amazing guy, showed me some footage of things that, you know, he had been taught and and told me how he was rewarded with compliments of a job well done by his mentor. I, I was speechless. 
Ian felt things weren't right and, and, and didn't like how things he had learned triggered so much fight in the dogs and he didn't know there was any other way. So yeah, he continued to use the methods until one day he just couldn't take it anymore and, and then finally made the decision to contact me and I was able to visit Ian and his staff and you know, I helped him get back on track. And don't get me wrong, not everything that Ian learned and, and had been doing with dogs was, was all bad. No, that's not my point. You know, I'm talking about the few things that were completely bad that left a bad taste in his mouth. And for me, after watching the footage, <sighs> filled me with guilt, shame, and regret. And because the few ego-driven, overly eager students that took what I had provided them and before they had enough experience with it, set off to teach it as if they invented the things they learned from me. And this only diluted everything and, and through this lack of experience, it was sold as a cookie cutter format that was then used out of context without any consideration for how completely different every single dog is from each other. You know, the dogs weren't being outwardly abused. They were just not being heard or understood. You know, you gotta, you gotta listen to them. And this causes confusion, and confusion is an accelerant. So if you accelerate an animal, you will see them fight. Many times this fight is actually just defensive reactions to how they perceive the trainer's actions. Defensive reactions are, are often misinterpreted as aggression from the dog. If I defended myself in a violent way, and you mentally checked in at the moment of violence, I would be perceived as the aggressor. And I completely get that. But we have a greater responsibility, and that's why it's so important to understand dog psychology enough to not only see the difference, but see the difference coming long before the need arises for the dog to react in, in a defensive way it's, of itself. Jesus, have I started talking yet? <sighs> Look, this is a skill developed over time through experience that then matures into wisdom. There is so much unnecessary stress put on dogs, and this often leads to misdiagnosing behaviors and can actually create unwanted behaviors that weren't even there before. And then these dogs are wrongfully punished for an issue that they don't even have until finally it becomes the issue that they were being punished for in the first place. Now these dogs end up abandoned or are dropped off at the shelter to be readopted and then go through the same process that they just endured again and again. Or they're simply euthanized. A wrongful prosecution and the innocent is put to death. There are no regulations in the dog training industry and I love that. But while it is a blessing, it is also a curse. We need to learn our limitations and then be responsible enough not to move beyond them. As an industry, we need to take some accountability and police ourselves before the government jumps in and, and does the policing for us. And I promise you, that won't be good. You know, the moment I, I watched some of this footage, I didn't just see Ian handling a dog in, in an unnecessary way. I saw in my mind several hundred Ians handling a dog with these misinterpreted, incomplete, and taken out of context methods that they were taught. And then I couldn't stop seeing in my mind the thousands and thousands of dogs that those trainers over the course of time had been handling in the same way. I still feel it in my bones right now, and it hurts. It hurts. You know, people like Ian trust that what they're being taught is how things are supposed to be. They're led to believe that it's a normal thing in the dog world because they're learning it from an emperor. 
I don't actually know how many Ian's there are out there today. I do know that these clothes have been on sale for at least a decade. And while I'm not responsible for how these people were taught, I, I do feel responsible for who taught them. Even if who taught that trainer was taught by my student, I am now linked to the people who learn from them and have gone on to teach others and so on and so on and so on. And I trained a lot of people to work with clients and their dogs. Clients and their dogs. Not people who would then go on and work with clients and their dogs as a professional. That's too watered down. It becomes like the telephone game where someone whispers, I'm confused, in another person's ear and then it passed it on down the line, person after person, to where at the end, when the last person is asked to repeat what was said to them, it comes out, I graduated at the top of my class. You could also say it's like offering spring water to someone and watching them drink it down, and, and then they go and piss in a bucket and slap a fresh spring water for sale sign on it. It's unacceptable. I showed my students how they could evolve over time with the information I provided. In no way were they ready to go out and teach people how to be professional dog trainers. So I failed dogs in that regard, and I have to live with that. Of course, I, I can't control people once they leave my guidance, but I had control of who came to be guided by me, and I chose these people to guide. I have long since started vetting potential students to, to be sure of their intentions after this all began, but that wasn't enough. And it was way too late. The damage had been started. It had begun. I just can't believe how many years I was unaware of, of how they were actually doing this and only concerned about myself and the theft of my intellectual property and how they were making money off of it. I, I couldn't see past myself to look at how the dogs were actually being handled. So I broke my own heart, you know, and I, I will forever be responsible for this mess that I'm telling you about right now. I'm not excusing myself by taking responsibility for this downward spiral. I'm well aware that taking responsibility is not as valuable as just being responsible in the first place. Some of my students have gone on to teach, but only after taking the appropriate time to develop their abilities to a level needed in order to teach others. And that's perfectly fine with me. It takes time to develop a skill through experience. And if you take that time needed to become skilled and have a desire to pass your knowledge on, then you should and have every right to teach what you have to offer. Unfortunately, the damage isn't limited to trainers training people to be dog trainers. Nope. A lot of these people introduce uh, uh, videos, publish videos, and put them on YouTube as something to learn from. Videos, by the way, that dog owners who can't afford to hire trainers to come and work with their dog at their house, watch and study this footage, and because so many other people have viewed these videos, the average person thinks that it, what's being put out online must be the correct way to handle their dogs. And then they do their very best to implement these uninformed methods. You know, uh, people who want to be a professional dog trainer but can't afford to go to school or, or a shadow program watch these videos too and feel like after a, a few three-minute clips at YouTube U that they can begin to train dogs professionally. Very dangerous. You know, they call these viral videos. You know what else is viral? Herpes. Venereal warts. That shit doesn't go away and neither does this shit information online. It doesn't stop there though. I know, I know, how could there possibly be more, right? Well, anyone can say and do whatever they want to online. 
Now, let me clarify here real quick. I am only talking about the people who are doing this shit without any skill or understanding. There are plenty of people putting out great content with good morals and ethics that, that we can all learn from. But the shit ones are overwhelming in numbers, and they are who I'm talking about right now. So back to what I was saying. You know, websites, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter page resumes are infested with bullshit lies. I've seen people's pages that are almost word for word taken from one of my own web pages. Seriously. This one guy went so far as to put pictures of me walking a pack of dogs on his site and placed some, I don't know, some quote, you know, over my face and shoulders, you know, so you couldn't see my face. Uh, the shit he wrote in the post about it made it sound like it was him walking the pack. I mean, the balls on these people. And this other guy, ugh, I had to stop looking at his social media because I got sick of seeing my content being recycled in his. One day I just happened to be scrolling through Facebook and his face pops up in a video, so I was like, ugh, why not? His topic was exactly taken from things that I had said on one of my episodes that I put up three days before his video. He does this shit constantly, and I know he's listening right now, but what the fuck? And I can't do anything about it. And this is just what, what's been happening to me with the shit I've been putting online. There are other great people that have been intellectually hacked all the time as well. Look, if I applied for a job as a dishwasher at Sizzler, they would check and call every single one of my references. You know what I'm saying here, right? Nobody is checking into this shit online. It makes me sick to my stomach and I don't fully know how to fix this. I just feel lost and, and helpless. You know, my initial reactions to all this was to take their videos and all their social media shit, especially the ones who are teaching trainers, and break them down frame by frame, word by word, reference by reference, and expose them for what they truly are. You know, if I showed you the underskilled and inadequate methods online right now, you'd shit yourself. And we could play a game of YouTube roulette right now and land on almost any trainer video, and I could take five minutes of footage that I've never seen and spend three hours showing you mistake after mistake without taking a breath or a break to think about the things that I was going to point out next. Listen, mistakes are an important part of growth. But you gotta grow first, and then if you want to, you wanna show your work, and you wanna teach, by all means, go for it. Learn, practice, master, then begin again. Well, let's put it in another context for you. If you sent your kid to a school, and at the parent-teacher conference, the English teacher had 10 grammatical errors in the first five minutes of talking with him, you'd be enraged. And at a minimum, you'd remove your kid from that school. How are we all right with this in the dog training industry? Well, I believe that it all starts with the emperor's new clothes. And as an industry, we are allowing this to continue because we don't want to get involved or chalk it up to the nature of the business. And since the client is unaware, you know, they don't know what's real and what's not. They follow right behind. We as an industry are allowing this type of abuse with dogs to go on. We are responsible. Are there no standards anymore? I mean, are we blind? Or are we just not looking and saying that it isn't happening? Well, I don't know, but we have a responsibility to scream out that the emperors out there aren't actually wearing any clothes. Again, listen, when I say abuse, 
I'm not saying that these people are outwardly abusing dogs. Now, although there are some that do, I'm talking about the unintended and uninformed abuse. I'm talking about the miscommunication through underskilled trainers and their misunderstood use of tools that cause so much confusion from their undereducated methods and techniques that lead to unnecessary overuse of corrections that continue on and on with the owners long after the trainer has moved on to their next desperate, unsuspecting victim. This is a major problem that, that only continues to grow because everyone's in a big fucking hurry to be, rather than understanding that the value of being anything is found in the becoming. So we run as fast as we can to get somewhere we aren't qualified to be. And we need to take some action now, sooner than later. Now, I wanted to do my video analysis on these people so badly that I would shake and grind my teeth so hard that I thought my teeth would fall out of my skull. But again, that was back then when I was only looking at how I was being affected. And you can check out how that all went down for me in episode eight if you like. And even though I was looking at the wrong things, I still took many years to remodel my thoughts and feelings about myself, about other people, and about life itself. So it wasn't a complete waste of time. But believe me, it would be much easier for me to rant and rave and point at the bad in order to educate everyone through my video breakdown method and show how inadequate these people are uh, that it would be to just stay on the rails that I built for my future way of life. Too easy, actually. I just can't let myself down and fall off these tracks that I built, though. I worked, you know, too hard. But... I also can't let more dogs suffer through improper use of tools and undereducated trainers that tell clients that they should put their dog down because they don't want the client to think they don't know what they're doing. And they're also unable to ask for the appropriate help because they don't want other trainers to think they don't know what they're doing either. Or even worse, when pride and ego really get in the way, if I can't fix this dog, nobody can. And then they tell the client to put the dog down, leaving them defeated and hopeless. I've had clients tell me that these people wouldn't even work with a dog before they told them to destroy their dogs. But yet all of these trainers took the money for showing up to the consultation. What the fuck is that? Look, I have to live a healthy life now and I can't afford to go backwards and fight this problem from an angry state of mind only to fall back into depression. I just can't. So for now, I've decided to utilize my energy and knowledge and whatever status I may have to encourage, help, and guide any and all of you to the people who do know what they're doing, to the people who do have the skills, to the people who do have the experience, to the people who do truly understand dogs, and to the people who do know how to teach. That is what I've decided to do. I'm well aware that I will be attacked for this soapbox that I'm standing on right now, which, by the way, I will never get off of, and that lies will be told about me in a futile attempt to discredit me, this will only fail because there is nothing anyone can do or say to me that has been worse than what has already been done to me in my life. Shit, I've done worse things to myself than anything these people could say or do to me. So don't worry, everyone. I'm not going away. I'm not going anywhere. I can't think of a single reason that anyone wouldn't be 100% in agreement with me on this subject. Besides, I haven't gone out of my way to make sure I don't say anyone's name. So you're as safe as you want to be. In fact, let me talk to the yous out there for a moment. 
I'm not saying it's you, insert name here, that I'm talking about, all right? So why would anything that I have said, am saying, and will say in the future bother you? Listen, if all of this is bothering you while you pace around with only one shoe on, just know that I have your other shoe right here on my desk. But you'll only deny that it's yours, though, and you won't come and get it either, because if you did, then it won't just be me and you that know. Everybody else will know it fits you perfectly. So just be quiet. Develop some skill, and maybe you'll slip through the cracks and won't be more ashamed and embarrassed as you should already be. You know, if you decide to make a big deal out of, the, of what I'm saying, you can, you know, you can do whatever you want to. I mean, that's the whole point of what I'm talking about right now. You do whatever you want, but you would only be aiming at your shoeless foot and pulling the trigger. And I can't think of anything more reactive or ignorant than that. All right, all right, all right, so, so, okay, back to us. I still want to do my video analysis to educate people though. Now there's a lot of value in what I can show you through breaking down video footage. Professional athletes do it all the time and have been since the beginning of film and video. So why can't the average person be educated in this way? I just need to make sure, you know, that it isn't coming from a, a personal mindset, you know. Uh, it, it can't be done with anger. I can't personalize it. It just won't be as valuable for you if I produce it with that energy. But if I can somehow do those videos in as professional way as possible, then everybody, even the people in the footage that I break down, can learn and improve their abilities. Well, we'll see how that goes. Now, the people I really want to tell you about are people that no matter my skill and experience levels, I still want to learn from. I know that things will continue to make me angry down the line, but that is part of my genetic makeup. You know, anger is fine, but remaining angry, living angry is unacceptable and completely unhealthy. So for now, I will not be spending my energy and anger towards these shit people. I'll spend my energy to seek out other people that would be better choices for us and everyone else to learn from. I don't know who or, or where they all are right now because I, I never put any thought into it before, but now I want to. Now I wanna find them for us. So if anybody listening right now has a person in mind that you think people would benefit from learning from, send me their name and, you know, just their name, I guess, business link maybe, to askbeyondthedog at gmail.com and I'll research them. And if they're good, then I'll talk about them in future episodes. And if you happen to be someone who currently has a shadow programmer and, and does workshops and are on the same page that I am right now to fix this problem, I mean, if I don't already know you, just invite me to one of your courses and I'll give you a complete review of what I see. And if I like what I see, I'll share what you have to offer to the world. I know that I have programs and workshops and even a long-term school for people to learn uh, dog psychology at. And I will continue to promote what I have to offer. However, this episode is not about what I can offer in an education form. It's what I can offer you right now about other people who educate. And as I describe the people who I believe we can all learn from, I might throw in some observations or differences between them and myself so that there's a better understanding of why we should seek them out. You know, we deserve the best options that are available. Future dogs deserve our best continued knowledge and skill. 
you know, people tell me all the time that I should, I should be putting out videos of me working with dogs so that I'll be taken seriously. You know, that's really kind of sad, actually. You know, I haven't put any videos of me working with dogs yet, and, and there are many reasons why, and they're not important at this moment. But as part of my responsibility, I will begin to do so, and I hope to put, put out a, my first video the same day that I post this episode of my podcast. Now, I say hope because you all know my technology woes. It'll be on Facebook and YouTube, but I can't guarantee that it'll be out right when you listen to this, but it will be out soon, I promise. In this video, I'm gonna show you how to use one of the tools that are being misused out there, and it's a head alters. I use a halty when I need to for a client. Now, this is a harmless tool that causes a great deal of harm, psychological harm, when used incorrectly. For those of you who spent your hard-earned money and attended an Emperor Shadow program or a workshop, excuse me, <clears throat> you know, where you were, you were taught that the way to introduce the head halter to a dog was to force them to fight the tool until they give up, please, please take the time to watch how it should be introduced to a dog that doesn't want something on his face. No matter what anybody has told you, no matter how respected they are by others, know this. Unless a dog is trying to kill you, there is no reason for the dog to fight the tool so intensely and make them so confused that they suppress and give up, no matter who they are. As part of my responsibility, I'll keep putting footage out online for everyone, you know, after I put this one out, if I can get it out there. I have one thing to say, though, before you watch it. It's about 30 minutes long, so be prepared for that. If you're someone that doesn't have the time or want to spend the time, 30 minutes of time, on how to ed educate a dog properly to an unknown tool, then shut my fucking podcast off right now. Unfollow me immediately because you don't have time to ever work with a dog, in my opinion. I have little to zero patience for people who understand human language yet expect the dog to understand ours when they have no ability to do so. Completely unacceptable, and I don't need you to follow me or listen to me, and dogs don't need you to be in the fucking way, blocking the view of someone who the client can actually call to help. Go on, get out of here. So, whoever is still listening right now, whoever is still tuned in right now, we can move forward and talk about some responsible educators that we all could learn a thing or two from, all right? So out of respect, my first choice of responsible educators to learn from would be my mentor, Caesar Milan. Now, I have a long history with Caesar, 18 years. And not only have I learned from him, I've worked with, for him, you know, in many ways, from being the one that took over his year-long waiting list of clients that he was no longer able to, to help after he began his show, The Dog Whisperer. And in a, for three years after, they kept the, the phone lines open. You know, they sent everything to me. To, to his early days as a seminar, you know, to behind the scenes work with guests and their dogs from the Dog Whisperer and Caesar 911 shows. I've even appeared on his show as well. Now, recently, March, I believe, or was it January? Shit, I don't know what day it is anymore. Anyway, we worked side by side for the first time on a two day workshop, Mastering the Walk with Caesar Milan and Lynn Bokey. It was, a, it was an honor and a privilege to have my name next to his, and, and together we educated 32 people over the course of two days. 
And it's highly unlikely that we will ever share the same stage again, though. And I think that's for the best. Caesar and I are completely different in every way. We both do the same thing, though. Rehabilitate dogs and train people. We just have completely different goals. He's a big name and has an even bigger responsibility while the whole world looks at him as if he's in a fishbowl. And he's constantly misunderstood and misjudged by people who have no idea what amazing things he still has to offer the world. And he's forgotten more about dogs than I've ever learned over my career. I don't envy him or his celebrity, though. I wouldn't handle that bullshit from people very well at all. Not at all, actually. You know, we've been friends for many of the 18 years that we've known each other. Now, Caesar's workshops are focused on uh, energy, dog psychology, and self-transformation. Training Caesar's Way workshops are held, uh, you know, oh man, I've been out there a bunch of times, this beautiful ranch in Santa Clarita, California. And he offers two workshops, Fundamentals 1, which is five days long, and Fundamentals 2, which is four days long. I want to emphasize the fundamentals part. Caesar, <laughs> Caesar does not offer any programs meant for people who want to reach the level of professional dog trainer. And with that said, his workshops are offered to anyone with a dog or anyone with interest in dog psychology. He doesn't teach people how to educate people and their dogs. He just educates people about dogs. So please don't be like so many out there who, who go and get their picture taken with him and then sell themselves as being personally trained by Caesar Milan. It's dangerous. It's not true and completely disrespectful to Caesar and dogs uh, and the clients that you're working with or they working with. Not you because we're on the same page. We got rid of those other people a few minutes ago. Now, if you, if you can afford to, to go learn from Caesar and what he has offer, I highly recommend it because you'll have a wonderful and peaceful once-in-a-lifetime experience. Now, bonus here is that Caesar always hires the trainers who assist him in his workshops after they have been trained by me, so you won't be let down during your education at TCW. You can go to any of his Caesar Milan's social media pages and find educational content and other forms of information. Or you can just go to trainingcaesarsway.com and sign up for his next workshop. I think right now they're in the middle of, of or they're starting um, Fundamentals 1. And I, I think they're going to go straight into Fundamentals 2 right after that. So uh, you'll have to check and see when the next workshop is. But it's worth it. This next person I want to tell you about is Tyler Mudo. Now, this cat has a sense of humor that you'll miss out on if you're not paying attention. He's a very kind and patient individual, and he listens to you. And his feedback is always respectful and on point. And not to mention, he handled his first encounter with me in a very diplomatic and disarming way, and it kind of led to a budding friendship. He's all right, I guess. He's a loving husband and, and a father of two children. Now, his understanding of the way things break down, both in a scientific and a philosophical way, and then you add in his ability to provide it to you without making you feel stupid. It's just, it's magnetic, man. Tyler's been on the board of the International Association of Canine Professionals for the last six years and has served as president for nearly three. The Learberg Company contracted Tyler for about two years, and while he was there, he created four training courses on DVD for them. And Tyler's traveled all over the world doing workshops and speaking engagements. His home base and facility Canine Connection is in Buffalo, New York. And he focuses on the rehabilitation of dogs with an emphasis of 
helping his clients see the world through their dog's eyes. And one of his uh, specialties is socialization. He has a large and growing team that that he is responsible for that includes four trainers and support staff, 10 in all. That's right, 10, Jesus. Tyler puts out a lot of great free educational content on all of his online platforms as well that you should look into. Tyler has offered shadow programs in the past, but for now his focus is on continued education and development of his team. Can you hear the responsibility in that sentence alone? I mean, one of my biggest mistakes was not taking the time to prioritize things for myself and my business in a way that seeing what was coming in the future would be clear and easy for me to navigate. Ugh. But Tyler sets clear personal boundaries as well. I can tell you about a number of times when I called or texted him and I didn't hear right back. And at first it felt a little personal, but you know, that's because it was personal. His personal time, his personal life. When I don't pay attention to the three hour time difference or to the many times he's told me how extremely busy he is with his business, well, and I, I get excited and call him anyway, well, that's when I'm being disrespectful. Of course, I was blind to all this kind of stuff. You know, I don't, I don't have my own family and I'm always alone with the dogs. I, I lived 10 years in a kennel without a kitchen. I might as well have my own dog run. That's just not a normal way to live. But Tyler, even though he's a busy guy, goes out of his way to make sure his home life is normal. So I learned real quick to understand and respect his time. Not once was, has he been a dick about it or, or ever had to explain himself in a negative way. You know, you either see someone's boundaries or you don't. And you either set clear boundaries for yourself or you don't. I love the way he handles himself and the people around him. This is one of the biggest reasons you should want to learn from Tyler. He's focused and consistent. He keeps on track with everything he does. I always tell my clients and students that when you can't split your focus to pick a priority, pick a priority and focus on it until you're unable to split your focus again. And right now Tyler's uh, focus is on his Consider the Dog project. And this is gonna be an amazing outlet for dog owners and dog professionals. It's gonna be a central hub of videos pertaining to dog behavior, specifically geared towards the family pet. And I'm excited about this project. And I know that he has many new contributors lined up for it. And of course, I'm working on some things, even though I'm technically uh, uh, handicapped, I'm working on some things that I can offer up on his platform as well. You can check out that, uh, that platform at considerthedog.com. I've also been poking and prodding for a while now uh, with Tyler about the need for a long-term school for future dog professionals. And I'm just hoping that he will create something one day soon. This fucking guy is so intelligent that I believe he hides how intelligent he is so that he doesn't offend anyone with it. Now, don't tell him I said that. It's, that's just my opinion. But because of his intelligence, his extreme interest and curiosity for the science side of things, you will feel like you're truly being educated. I know that whatever he decides to set up for education in the future for us as a school, that, that school is going to be the gold standard for becoming a dog professional. I know it. And just please go check out uh, Tyler Mudo at tylermudo.com. Now, Mudo is, spell, is, is one T, has one T in it, M-U-T-O.com. You can also visit considerthedog.com, and I promise you, you won't be disappointed, but you ultimately will regret it if you don't do everything you can to learn from Tyler. 
and it's looking like I might get to sit down with Tyler for my podcast in October. I, I'll be devastated if anything gets in the way of that and causes us to reschedule. All right. All right, then. So let's talk about Larry Crone. Now, Larry is, is like your favorite uncle or your best friend's cool dad. He looks like a big teddy bear to me. He's the kind of guy that if he told you you were a piece of shit, you'd feel like you let him down and, and beg for another chance to make him proud. Seriously, this guy is amazing. He is so generous with his knowledge and, and is constantly providing incredible real-world informative content on Facebook and YouTube with a massive following. I, I believe it's 80,000 subscribers and, and still growing. He travels when he can to do workshops and, and leaves three spots open for military veterans. He also leaves three spots open for children or, or young people. Now, these are free, by the way. Those veteran spots are always available to those that couldn't make it to the completely free seminar that he holds strictly for veterans, especially combat veterans. He and his family took in a German Shepherd puppy and trained it for over a year and gave it to a combat veteran who lost his legs fighting for our country. Are you kidding me? This is a man. A man who holds up his end of the world without a single complaint. Larry has provided for a long time free group classes for people in his town that can't afford quality dog training. Larry has also launched a program for underprivileged kids from broken homes or, or that have behavior problems where he provides an outlet and an environment for them to learn and grow in by using dogs to motivate interest in something more than what they currently have. Larry's only motivation in this program is how the kids light up when the dogs begin responding to them in a positive way. Can you imagine the huge smiles and feelings of accomplishment that, that are the result for these kids that work with the dogs? I think the only problem with this program Larry has is finding a name for it. I don't think he really cares about it having a name or not, but everybody keeps asking him what the name of it is, so I think he feels a little pressure to find the perfect one. You know, Larry, he creates plenty of time for his wife and daughter. Actually, his daughter operates the camera for his videos. A real family man. And I wish I could have had him as a dad growing up. Even though I'm older than him, it would have been very, very cool. A guy can dream, can't he? Now, this man doesn't care about money. I mean, he makes money, but it isn't his driving force in the dog training industry. The relationship between dog and human is what drives him. I believe every word that comes out of his mouth, even if he told me that he never tells the truth, it wouldn't matter. You can't help but trust and believe everything about him. He's completely down to earth and tells it like it is and willing to help you understand uh, the dog even if you don't like him at all. He'd still help you. You just have to ask. I think you'll want to learn from Larry because of how personable and passionate he is in, with educating people. And he works out of Kentucky and has kind of a, I haven't met him in person, but he kind of has a country boy feel to him, yet he was raised in New Jersey. What? A great guy with a deep understanding of the remote training collar and how dogs learn. He always shows the work he does with the dogs in his videos. He hides nothing. Now, here's what really blows me away about Larry Crone, and it should knock you on your ass as well. If everything I just told you about Larry sounds exhausting for any two people to do in a day, get ready for this. Larry is a special agent for Homeland Security. What? Wait a second, I thought you said this was an episode about educators in the dog training industry. Yes, I did. 
and it still is. Larry has worked to keep us all safe for almost 20 years. That's why I'm telling you about him. He only has like two more years left before he retires. And when he does, you better hope and pray that you get on his waiting list before he starts offering education to dog trainers because he's already inundated with from people all over the world who just want a few minutes of the time that he has, you know, when he's not working as a special agent. That'd be kind of cool to say about yourself, right? Huh? Special agent Lynn Bokey here. I don't know how he does it. Full-time agent for Homeland Security while he rehabilitates dogs privately works with owners and their dog issue, gives almost all of his free time for free to his community and to all those that have sacrificed so much for us all. Think about this. If Larry can squeeze everything I just told you about in his life right now while he's working a full-time government job and still able to give everything he gives to the dog world and his family, can you imagine what'll be possible from Larry once he has only dogs to focus on? I don't know how he'll do it because I think he's going to be bombarded more than ever with people wanting to learn from him once he is ready. And I believe the future for dogs is bright now that with Larry in it and his responsible way of educating people, uh, you know, he's just awesome. I'm excited for how bright it'll be you know, when his focus is only on the dogs. And I want to learn from Larry. I, I really do. And I'm sure that I will, but I absolutely do not want to take space from someone else who needs his time more than I do. And I'm going to Kentucky next week to work with a pack walker, and, and I'll be disappointed if we don't get to find time to break bread together. And I'm going to think about it. I hope I can, but I'm going to try and lug my podcast gear across country just in case we have a time to sit down for a bit all right so check out larry crone at packmasters.com and pack is spelled p-a-k masters.com well i don't know how i will ever top these amazing people but i'll be on the lookout for more responsible educators out there that we can all learn from and should be learning from and i love that there are so many people attracted to the dog training world it, it really is amazing, and I, and I love what I do, and I wouldn't do anything else in my life, but I want to encourage all of you to please take the time that it takes to develop your knowledge through experience. And, and as you learn and grow, always give back in any way that you can. This is how skills are born and how wisdom is formed. Take your time to help everyone you can. Don't waste anyone's time just to help your business and social status. That's selfish. Take the time it takes and your business and social status will evolve and grow to the level it's meant to be, when it's meant to be. Please take a deep look into the industry and find a way that you can be responsible and let's help clean up our industry together. All right? Well, let me know how you, how you feel. Let me know what you think by sending me an email to askbeyondthedog at gmail.com. Again, that's askbeyondthedog at gmail.com. Until next time, continue to learn, practice, master, begin again. See ya!